Discover the tips and strategies that will help you achieve your retirement goals. I'm your host, James Canole, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you retire well. It all starts right here on Ready for Retirement. everyone and welcome to another episode of Ready for Retirement. I'm your host, James Canole. Today's question for the podcast is whether it's better to invest or to pay off debt as you're headed into retirement. Now, the traditional thinking is if you can invest and grow your money by 7, 8, 9, 10% per year, or you could pay down debt, which maybe you're paying 3, 4, 5, 6% on, well, why not use any extra money you have to invest so that it can grow at 8% instead of using it to pay down debt that you're only paying 4% interest on? So that's the conventional, traditional thinking. This is true, and you can't really argue with the numbers, but there's some other aspects to this that we also want to make sure that we're considering. So especially as you're preparing for retirement and trying to understand that as you're in maybe the peak income earning years, what is the best thing to do with that, whether it's to pay off debt, to invest, or maybe a combination of the both. So in this podcast, we're going to go through this. We're going to go through a four-part framework that you should think about as you analyze this question for your specific situation. But from the get-go, I'm just going to get my personal bias out of the way. And my personal bias is that I don't like debt. Now, that's not to say there aren't good purposes or good reasons for debt. There absolutely are. There are plenty of cases where using debt makes sense. But my personal bias, just to get it out of the way, is I don't like debt. not saying that should be your personal bias. not saying that you need to do things exactly as I would do things personally. Again, this this should be unique to you. But as we're going through this, I just want to throw that out there so that you can understand where I'm coming from as we start to analyze specific situations, because you may not be coming from the same place and that's perfectly fine. So my opinion on this is that personal finance isn't just about the numbers. Yes, the numbers absolutely matter, but more than anything, it's about incentivizing and motivating the right behavior. What's gonna keep you moving forward in the direction of the goals that you wanna be accomplishing? And from my standpoint, debt oftentimes distorts where you really stand financially, and it can also incentivize poor behavior. And so for those reasons and a couple others, I tend to not like debt. Again, not saying that should be you, not saying there are not good reasons for debt. There absolutely are, but wanted to lay this out as we begin to work through this. And with all that being said, let's go ahead and jump right in. So as I mentioned, there's four things that really you should be looking at as you make the decision of whether or not you should be using extra cash flow to pay off debt or to invest, especially as you approach retirement. So the first thing that you want to look at is you need to understand what type of debt is it that you're considering paying off. If you're applying this framework to your specific situation and assuming you have debt to pay off, the first thing you want to know is what type of debt is it? Is it a mortgage? Is it a car loan? Is it a credit card debt? And this is important because all these different types of debt have different interest rates. They have different loan repayment terms. They have different provisions associated with them. And that's really, really important to know. If you're approaching retirement and you have a lot of credit card debt, well, why would you really want to invest that money and hope to maybe get 8 to 10% when you invest when you could just pay off a credit card that you're definitely paying 18 to 20% to the bank on? investing, you're, you are almost guaranteeing yourself that you're going to be losing money. Because if you look at every extra dollar of cash flow that you have, well, if that could go into something and maybe you hope to earn eight to 10% with investments, and again, that's, that's a big maybe versus definitely paying down debt that you're paying the bank 18%, 20%, whatever the interest rate is, it's just not going to make a whole lot of sense to invest that. That's certainly a case where you should be paying off debt because you're paying very high interest rates on it. Whereas if you have a mortgage or if you have another loan that has a very low interest rate and the payment is very manageable, 
that's going to be a lot different because with that case, if the interest rate's low, if you know what the payment is and the payment's fixed and it fits comfortably within your income, that's going to be a very different decision. Not saying it certainly will make sense to invest in that case, but, it, but you could make a more compelling case to go invest when the only debt that you have is very low interest rate and it's not costing you a whole lot to keep that debt. So number one, step number one is look at the type of debt. And then with that, also understand the interest rate on that debt, the monthly payment on that debt, and then the term. And you do that because by looking at the interest rate, you can start to get a sense of a comparison. What's the interest rate I'm paying on this debt versus what interest or what growth could I potentially earn if I were to invest? Obviously, the more you're paying in interest, the more compelling or the more of a reasons there's going to be to pay down the debt. Whereas the lower the interest rate, maybe the more compelling of a reason there's going to be to invest that money instead. Look at the monthly payment. As you're looking at that payment, that's telling you how much you're committed to paying every single month, whether it's a car loan or a student loan or a mortgage or a credit card payment. Understanding that monthly payment is very important because as you're approaching retirement, you're not going to be earning a paycheck anymore. Now, you may be working part-time, but just if, if you are fully retiring and no longer working, well, your investments and your other income sources need to fully support whatever expenses you have each month. And if you have some loan payments with very high monthly payments, well, by chipping away at those and by getting rid of those before you retire, that puts a lot less pressure on your portfolio when you're in retirement to have to generate that extra income to keep paying those debts. And then the term, understand how long will you be paying this debt for? could be the case that if you're looking to retire in four or five years and you have a car loan, well, it might be paid off in a couple of years anyways. So if that's the case, it maybe isn't as big of a deal as looking at a loan that you might have, say a mortgage, for example, where you might be paying that for another 15, 20 years. Again, not saying that's good or bad, but just understanding how long will it take for you to pay that off will give you some clarity as you're trying to run the decision process of what to do with any extra money. So that's step number one is take a look at the type of debt. Step number two is look at your cash flow. And by cash flow, I simply mean what income is coming in and what expenses are going out. That's your cash flow. And the, the first thing you need to understand is do you have any extra cash at the end of the month? Before going through this analysis of should you take your money and pay down debt or should you take your money and invest, you need to understand what money do you even have? If all of your money that's coming in each month is going right out the door to pay for expenses, that's a completely different scenario than if all of your money coming in it may be 70% or 80% of it is actually being spent. Now, this matters for two reasons. Number one, and I'm piggybacking off step number one here, is when you list out the type of debts that you have and you look at the payments, well, by understanding how much cash flow you have, if you if you figure out that, yes, I want to pay down debt going into retirement, well, understanding how much cash flow you have versus what the minimum payments and the monthly payments on that debt are, that helps you to understand how long it might take for you to pay off some of the debt. So you might be able to look at this and say, wow, if I get really aggressive, I could pay off all of my debt in six months, eight months, 10 months and go into retirement completely debt free. That's great. But you won't really know that until you understand what your payments are, how much debt you have. And then a step two that we're looking at here is how much extra cash flow do you have? So once you've paid the basics, you've paid the normal monthly expenses, how much do you actually have to be able to apply to debt? That really helps you understand where you stand with your debt and how long it might take to be able to pay it all off if your goal is to go into retirement debt-free. The second reason is very similar. By understanding your cash flow and how much you have left over each month, you also know how much that you could potentially invest into different types of investment accounts. And this is what really transitions and ties into step three, which is where can you put your money? So assuming you're going to invest, not all investment places, not all places that you can invest in are treated differently. So the first thing that you want to look at is, are you taking full advantage of what you might call free money? 
So if you have a 401k plan through work, your employer, there's a good chance they're offering a match on any contributions that you make or contributions you make up to a certain limit. If you have an HSA, a health savings account through work, your employer may be making matching contributions there. Whereas if you were just to go off and invest in a brokerage account or another account in your name, there's no matching contributions. It's just whatever you put in there. So understanding the best places to put your money is you want to start with that free money. If you're going to receive a match from an employer or some other source, that's the first place that you should think about. So that's why I said that step number two, which is look at all cash flow, that really ties into this. Because by understanding how much you have each month to invest, you can see, okay, have I fully maxed out my 401k? If not, how much more could I potentially put in based upon how much income or how much cash flow I have left at the end of each month? You could apply the same thing towards your HSA, your health savings account. Okay, have I maxed out my HSA? If not, how much extra cash flow do I have each month in order to help me get as close as possible? So the first thing that you want to look to do with step number three when you're looking to see where can you put your money is number one, take advantage of any free money. If there's an employer match, take it. Next step, or step number two, is max out what you can from a retirement standpoint. So with a 401k, you could potentially max out your employer match. And I'll hear a lot of people say, oh yeah, I'm maxing out my 401k. They're really not maxing out their 401k. They're really maxing out how much their employer will match. So say you get a 4% employer match. If you put 4% of your salary into your 401k, your employer will also put in 4%. So what you've done there is you've maxed out the matching portion, but you haven't actually maxed out your 401k. For 2020, you can put up to $19,500 into your 401k if you're under 50. And if you're 50 or over, you can put up to $26,000 per year into your 401k. So once you've taken advantage of all the free money and any matching contributions, the next thing you want to make sure that you're doing, if you're really trying to prepare for retirement, is are you maxing out any retirement accounts? These are simply investment accounts that have some tax advantage attached to them. So this is things like 401ks, Roth IRAs, traditional IRAs things like that that allow you to invest and also have a tax benefit on top of that. So the step number three, coming back to where can you put your money, if you haven't fully maxed out some of those places or taken advantage of some of these types of accounts, this could be a compelling reason to take any extra cash flow and invest it. Because not only are you investing it and looking to grow that money, but there may be tax advantages to doing it as well. There may be employer matching advantages to doing this as well. But if you look at this and you said, okay, James, well, I've, I've maxed out my 401k, I've maxed out my Roth IRA, or maybe a backdoor Roth IRA. I've maxed out really all the available, quote unquote, retirement accounts that I have available to me. If that's the case, then you maybe make more of a compelling case to pay off debt, for example. So, okay, I've taken advantage of everything in front of me. Maybe with extra cash flow, I want to pay off debt. Doesn't necessarily mean you have to. You can always keep investing even once you've maxed out your retirement accounts. But the more you haven't maxed them out, the less you've already put into retirement accounts, the more compelling it might be to want to start there first before using extra cash flow to pay off debt. So again, none of these are absolute right, wrong, bad, good examples. It's just kind of talking through what approach you might want to take as you examine what makes most sense for you in your personal financial situation. So step number three was where can you put your money? And then step number four, and this is a big one for me, is understand the behavioral aspect of investing versus debt pay down. So what do I mean by that? I mentioned at the beginning that personal finance isn't just about the numbers. It's not just about earning where is your dollar going to get the best rate of return. And while that's very, very important, you need to also take into account what I like to think of as momentum. 
And momentum, an example of momentum might be this. Let's say that you do have debt and you're paying debt and you have some extra cash flow. You're using that extra cash flow to put some in savings and some in investments, some to pay down debt a little bit more. It's not going to give you a whole lot of momentum. You're going to feel like, hey, I've got all this money coming in each month, but that by the time I put a little bit more into my 401k and put a little bit more into my savings account and put a little bit more towards my debt payoff, you don't really feel like you're making any progress in any one direction. It's taking your energy, it's taking your money and your resources and really spreading it out. So by the end of the day, you say, gosh, I feel like I'm doing all this stuff, but I don't have much to show for it at the end of the day. So for me, this is one of those reasons, and again, not saying this makes sense for everyone, but if you have debt, you know, consider could you pay off debt as aggressively as you possibly can? And that's where understanding your interest rate and understanding your terms and understanding how long you need to be making debt payments comes into play. We've talked about in step number one, because by looking at that, what if you say, wow, I'm not that far off from being able to pay off all my debt? What if I redirect all my cash flow for the next few months to paying off debt? And once that debt's paid off, now I'm going to redirect all my cash flow to investing. But not only am I going to redirect all my cash flow to investing, now I'm also debt free. So those payments that we're going to pay for my car, or we're going to pay for the credit card, or that we're going to pay for whatever it was, now you can also redirect that to investing. And so now all of a sudden, you've accomplished the same thing at the end of the day. You've paid some down in debt, you've invested some, but you felt a lot more progress and you felt a lot more momentum in doing so. You really attacked your debt so that you felt like you made a ton of progress and you saw month by month that debt being chipped away until it was down to zero. And then you redirected all of that into your investment accounts. And it didn't just feel like a little bit going into your investment accounts. It felt like a lot going into your investment accounts. Because when you're debt-free, that's less money that you're paying the bank each month and more money that you can pay yourself in the form of investing and investing in something that's going to stay in your control. So I'm not saying that that's right for everyone. I'm not saying that that's the way that everyone should approach it. But to me, it's at least something that everyone should consider is what approach is going to maintain momentum. Because again, with personal finances, what's going to incentivize good behavior? What's going to want to make you keep on keeping on as you approach retirement to get yourself in the best possible position to be able to do so and have a really, really comfortable retirement where you can really afford to do everything that you want to be able to do. And to do that, you need to make sure that you're maintaining progress and maintaining momentum before you approach and finally make that decision to retire. And then the second part of this, when we're talking about the behavioral aspect of investing versus debt pay down, examining what your risk tolerance is. So how comfortable are you with investing? If you are comfortable saying, yeah, I'm, I'm totally fine being in an aggressive portfolio and looking to maybe grow my money by eight to 10% per year, maybe more. But if that's the case, well, then now as we're doing the analysis of, okay, if you could invest and maybe earn eight to 10% per year, and if you have debt that you're paying 4% per year on, or maybe 5% per year on, well, that spread, that difference between what you could invest at or what you could pay down debt by, that's gain. That's, that's money that you're pocketing by choosing to invest instead of paying down debt, at least on paper. But if your risk tolerance is, is not aggressive, and if you're pretty moderate or even a conservative investor, that's important to know because if you're a conservative investor, you may not expect to grow by more than 4 5 6% per year with your investment account. And that's going to be very uncertain. That's not a guaranteed 4 to 6% per year it's still fairly volatile. That money's still going up and down. It's still uncertain year to year. Why is that important? Well, that's important because now if we do that same analysis of, okay, should I invest? And I'm just going to say earn 5% per year on my investments, or should I pay down debt that you have maybe a 5% interest rate on? Well, why would you invest to earn an uncertain 5% per year? Meaning you might get it this year, but more than likely you're going to either get much higher or much lower than that 5%. So it's, it's fairly uncertain. 
Why would you do that when you could simply pay off debt that you're paying a certain 5% per year interest rate on? You're going to pay the bank that 5% per year regardless of whatever the stock market's doing. So if you could get a guaranteed 5% versus an uncertain 5%, we're going to take that guarantee all day long. So use that approach as you think about what does it make more sense to invest my money versus pay off debt. And your risk tolerance and your comfort level with investing is very much going to come into play here because the more conservative you're going to be with your portfolio, the less it's going to make sense to want to invest more when you could simply use that money to pay down debt that you might be paying four or five, six percent interest rate on. So that's the last step as we're looking at this, just the general framework. And then I want to kind of tie in a few additional things that you certainly want to make sure that you're thinking about as you approach retirement. But just a quick summary is number one, look at the types of debt that you have. Number two, look at the cash flow that you have. How much do you have left over each month that you could invest or that you could use to pay down debt? Number three, understand where you could put your money if you do decide to invest. Are there opportunities for free money or tax advantages when you look at the opportunities you have to invest? And then number four, understand the behavioral aspect of investing versus debt pay down. Which decision or which option is going to continue? Just keep that momentum going. It's going to give you that sense of progress. It's very important as you look at personal finance. So those are the four steps. Now, here's three additional things that I want to make sure that you think about as you go into retirement, because they're in addition, or I guess, supplemental to what we just talked about. Number one is you need to understand this, is that your salary stays stable through market downturns. What does that mean? Well, while you're working, chances are good you have a paycheck that's coming in. And that paycheck probably isn't dependent upon what's the S&P 500 doing or what's the Dow Jones Industrial Average doing. That's important because if you're working and you're still still earning a paycheck and your investments are going up and down, that's not necessarily a problem because you're still earning a paycheck and you're not dependent upon your investments to create that income for you until you retire. And once you retire, well, now your portfolio is a big source of income for you and your portfolio is going to be generating your monthly income. And you want to make sure that that monthly income comes in, whether the market's up or down or anywhere in between in any given month. So while you're still working, you have the flexibility to be able to continue to invest and pay down debt and do whatever else you need to do. And that's not so dependent upon what the market's doing. But when you retire, the difference is now going to be your portfolio is going to be under a lot more pressure if you're trying to meet your basic living expense needs and you're trying to pay down debt at that time. So consider that going into retirement, the more you can pay down debt, the more you can get rid of some of those fixed monthly payments, the less pressure there will be on your portfolio when you're retired. And this really ties into the second thing that you need to consider as you approach retirement. And the second thing is this, it's can you comfortably continue to make those debt payments without withdrawing too much from your portfolio? And this is essentially a safe withdrawal rate question. And the safe withdrawal rate, the general rule of thumb is you can take out about 4% per year of your portfolio the first year of retirement, and that should lead to a safe withdrawal rate throughout retirement. Meaning if you start at 4% and gradually increase from there with inflation, you should be reasonably assured that you're going to have a good, comfortable retirement where you don't outlive your money. So for example, if you have a million dollar portfolio, you can safely withdraw about $40,000 per year from that because that represents 4% of the million. And if you withdraw 4% per year or 40,000 per year, that's probably sustainable throughout retirement. But what happens if the market drops 20%, 25%, 30%? Well, if you continue taking $40,000 out of your portfolio, now all of a sudden that doesn't represent a 4% withdrawal rate. It represents closer to a 5 to 5.5% 5 .5 withdrawal rate, which now all of a sudden, depending on how long that market downturn lasts, that becomes an unsustainable withdrawal rate. Here's why that matters when you're looking at the decision of whether to invest or pay off debt. If you go into retirement with a lot of debt, 
that's money that the banks can expect that. They don't, they don't care if the market dropped 20%. They don't care if your portfolio is down. They're going to continue wanting that debt to be repaid. So that doesn't give you a whole lot of flexibility to say, okay, I'm going to temporarily decrease the amount I'm taking out of my portfolio because you have to take that out of your portfolio because you have to keep making your debt payments. Well, if you went into retirement and you had all that debt paid off, it gives you much more flexibility. If the market drops, you have the ability to just temporarily scale back a little bit easier on your spending to ensure that your portfolio is not being drawn down too much too fast. So it just gives you more flexibility to temporarily dial back withdrawals when you look to go into retirement debt-free because it's one less fixed expense that you have to make as you go into retirement. And then finally, the third thing, the third thing that you want to look at is you say, okay, how does this analysis change as you approach retirement is really at the end of the day, the goal is to say what's going to bring more peace of mind. The goal of retirement is to have freedom from having to think about your finances. It's having freedom to say, okay, my portfolio is doing what I need it to do, and I can go and focus and pursue what actually matters most to me. And if going into retirement with a lot of debt is going to give you a lesser sense of peace of mind, if it's going to cause you more stress and anxiety because of what I just mentioned, of knowing that a market downturn could impact you more than otherwise would have if you had more flexibility built into your plan, then that's not accomplishing the goal. Yeah, you might have more money at the end of the day, but if you don't have that peace of mind, then you're missing out on the bigger picture. Now, I'm not saying that debt causes that for everyone. I'm not saying that everyone's going to have anxiety or stress if they go into retirement with any debt. Not at all. But this is a call to understand yourself and to know know you better than I know you so that you can help yourself to understand, should you invest more as you approach retirement or should you focus on paying off debt more as you approach retirement? So that's it for today's episode and outline of all this, the notes of what we've talked about today. This will all be in the notes and resources section on the podcast website, which can be found at readyforretirement.co. So go to readyforretirement.co. If you haven't subscribed already, make sure that you hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Make sure that you're subscribed so you never miss an episode. And if you have a friend or a family member that's approaching retirement, help them out. Send this podcast to them if you think it'd be helpful. Really want to make sure that people have the knowledge and the info that they need so that they can make sure that they are retiring well. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to episode number 11 of the Ready for Retirement podcast. To see the show notes and the resources from today's episode, please head over to the Ready for Retirement website. That can be found at readyforretirement.co. And this episode, along with all its notes and resources, can be found there. If you have not done so already, please subscribe to the show. And if you're enjoying the show, please leave a review. The review will help more people to find the podcast. And I really enjoy hearing what you all think of it. And at the end of the day, the show is designed to answer your questions about your retirement. So if you have a question, please feel free to submit that through the Ready for Retirement website. There's a page called Submit Your Question where you can type in your question. I'll answer it. It will be anonymous, but I'll answer it on a future episode. And I know other people will benefit from that as well. So thank you as always for listening. And I'll see you next time. Hey everyone, it's me again for the disclaimer. Please be smart about this. Before doing anything, please be sure to consult with your tax planner or financial planner. Nothing in this podcast should be construed as investment, tax, legal, or other financial advice. It is for informational purposes only.